Hello, welcome to the For the Love of Film podcast. I'm the host, Scott David Chase. Uh, this episode, I'm talking about the films Traffic, Chappaquiddick, and You Were Never Really Here. Um, yeah, so the first film I'm going to talk about, I just saw last night, a film called Traffic. It's Traffic with a K at the end, uh, not to be confused with the mini-series about drug trafficking about a decade and a half ago, which the Steven Soderbergh film, Traffic, was was sort of inspired by, based on... No. Um, this movie, um, directed by Dion Taylor, I'm not familiar with him, and uh, based on this, I have no interest in seeing any of his other films. Um so this was a film I had seen the preview for it a few weeks ago, and it looked mildly interesting. Like it had the potential to be good. Um, uh, it, this movie was not good. Um, so, what? And one of my biggest, uh, one of my biggest gripes with a lot of films is, you know, what this film opened with is based, uh, or I'm sorry, it's inspired by actual events. Well, everything, every movie is inspired in some way. I mean, using that term is such a loose thing, and you can get away with it, because this is not based on an actual story. What it is, it's about human uh, trafficking, sex trafficking in particular. Um, However, it's such a fantastical, ridiculous story. So it it starts out with a woman who... uh, uh, Brea, uh, who is is played by Paula Patton, who is a, an investigative journalist who has a story stolen out from under her, and um, you know she throws a fit. And her boss, uh, William Fitchner, uh, who's who's always excellent and gives his all in everything that he's in, but he's been in for as many excellent films as he's been in, uh, has been in a ton of garbage as well. Um, uh, I mean, he was he he had a role in a film I saw earlier this year called Twelve Strong, also uh, good. And you know, I don't know which of these he made first, but he has a he has a full head of hair in this, and he had a head shaved bald in Twelve Strong. So uh, I'm assuming he did this first, but maybe not. Um, but uh, you know, she complains to her boss, and he tells her, you know, you're not you're not writing the story correctly, and uh, you never get to the truth. You're you're writing around it, and you may not have a job after this weekend. Um, and it's her it's her birthday this day, so she's upset. And then her boyfriend takes her out to dinner with a couple of their friends, and um, you know, it, it, in a very clumsy way, when she's going, she and the girl from from the other couple go to the bathroom. It's revealed that that Brea's boyfriend is is going to propose to her this weekend and she starts freaking out and there's no explanation as to why um but she you know starts freaking out about um she's not ready for it so on and so forth uh they go up to the mountains for a romantic getaway this you know it takes place in sacramento california and then they go up to the northern part of california to this secluded um palatial dream house and 
But on on the way, they encounter some, you know, tattooed, long-haired bikers. And um, because her boyfriend, played by Omar Epps, is black, uh, they, you know, of course, it plays into racial stereotypes. And the bikers are harassing him. Uh, Paula Patton is also African-American, but she's very light-skinned. So um, they don't give her a hard time. you know, and then it 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 devolves into a suspense slash horror film. Uh, it it seems very obvious to me that this film was trying to, at least on some level, uh, capitalize on the popularity uh, or the success of uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out from last year. Um, it's a you know it's a thriller, uh, but you know it's. Uh, African-American protagonists and um, two Latino uh, actors are their friends and they're being harassed by these horrible white people. Um, It's the direction is incredibly uneven. The script is awful. One of the worst, you know, scripts I've, I've, I've seen in quite some time. Uh, You know, the pace of it is very much like a lifetime movie. The, there's lots of slow um, lingerings on people's faces while they're driving, but it's not, uh, you know, it, there's, it, there's no real artistry to it at all. And Paula Patton, um, who I don't know if I've seen her in much else, you know, I'm familiar with her primarily because she was married to singer songwriter, Robin Thicke for a long time uh, is just the performance in this film is horrible. And what amazes me is she's an executive producer on the film as well. So uh, her character is just wildly all over the place and uh, is emotional for no reason. And then for some reason going through this traumatic event, she's able to uh, pull everything together and has a happy life at the end. Um, It's, it's, this is an awful film. Um, I, I don't recommend it at all. The only person that I even, you know, had any sort of empathy slash compassion for is uh, Omar Epps, uh, who's an excellent actor. I've, you know, I've enjoyed him in almost everything I've seen him in, but uh, uh, he has a pretty thankless role playing the character that he plays. Um, uh, another thing that was interesting is there's, so there's a, um, there's a sheriff who pops up, uh, played by Missy Pyle, who, you know, you're not sure if there's something nefarious going on with her. Spoiler alert, there is. Um, Missy Pyle is one of those actresses that I'm sure you don't know her by name, but if you saw her face, you'd know her. I mean, she was she was in Dodgeball. She's in a lot of other stuff. She's She has a very unique look. She she's, has a very comical face. And... Trying to, I mean, casting her in that role seemed ridiculous to me because from the get-go, I knew something was up with the character. Just, you know, it's, that's always what she's cast. It's, it, she doesn't look like him, but I would put it in the same category as when you would cast Bruce Campbell in something. You know something's going to happen with that character. You know something ridiculous is going to happen with that character. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean... There was really nothing done 
well in this film. Uh, I would give it, uh, I would give it three out of ten. Uh, definitely not something I would recommend at all. Um, sorry, that's my dog barking in the background. Oh, come here. I'm trying to record. Come here. Chill out. Uh, so the next film that I saw uh, was Chappaquiddick. And uh, Chappaquiddick... Chappaquiddick is um, a historical drama based off of... Uh, Senator Edward Kennedy, Ted Kennedy's uh, incident on the island of Chappaquiddick in Massachusetts, part of a uh, part of Martha's Vineyard, where in the late '60s he 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 ended up accidentally, or it's believed accidentally, ending the life of Mary Jo. Copeshane, I, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Um, in a in a late night, he drove he a late night accident where he drove a car off of a bridge, and it it ended up upside down in the water, and she ended up drowning in the car. He he left and didn't report it till the next day. So it was something, you know, it was an incident that I was vaguely familiar with growing up, growing up in New England. I heard the stories, um, you know, it was, you know, various comedians had had sort of talked about it. It was, I mean, the, the whole, the Kennedy family and their legacy is an interesting part of American history in that. You know, obviously there's a lot of tragedy in that family, but there seemed to always be a bit untouchable as far as criticism. And, you know, that's that's changed somewhat in the last few years. And but I, I didn't necessarily get the sense of that from this film, that that's what it was trying to do. Um, I mean, the tone of this film was it, it was very neutral. Um, neutral to the point of, you know, I, I had no real sense of how, uh, the, the, the filmmaker, uh, John Curran actually felt about the events. And, you know, some people will say that's good. Journalists are supposed to be impartial, but I do feel that filmmakers, you know, because film is art should have some point of view. Um, you know, obviously it, ultimately it's up to the viewer to, to decide how they feel about it. But, um, I don't, I didn't get a sense that John Curran had a, had a real strong sense of how he felt about it. And, you know, my friend Bob had, who had seen it, not with me, but he had seen it at the same time, roughly said he didn't know who the film was really ultimately made for. And I, I definitely feel that way too. Um, Again, this was the second film, and the first one escapes me. Second film this year that I saw uh, Jason Clark in that I didn't hate him in. Jason Clark is an actor who notoriously has been bland and unappealing to me. But uh, you know, he played Ted Kennedy, 
Um, I didn't necessarily get a better sense of uh, Senator Kennedy from this, but he did, you know, he, he did he, Jason Clark sort of cloudy ambiguity that he brings to a lot of his roles. Uh, uh, oh, Winchester was the other film I saw, him but his, his cloudy ambiguity in this role worked well, particularly because you never, I never got the sense of uh, how he really felt about what he had done. Um, you know, you got a sense of how he felt about the consequences, but he, you know, he never really felt all that, you know, broken up about what he had done. So, um, the two of the high points were there were two, there are two actors in it, um, who, uh, are stand-up comedians first and foremost, or comedians, uh, should be Jim Gaffigan, who is primarily known as a stand-up comedian, but has done some acting and Ed Helms, probably best known as Andy Bernard from the office. Uh, who both had roles in this, dramatic roles, and were both excellent in it. So that was certainly the high point of it. You know, um, Kate Mara, who, uh, you know, plays the young woman who unfortunately lost her life, um, does an excellent job. And there are, you know, the the flashback where she is, it's shown her drowning inside the car from her perspective is harrowing and devastating and she did an excellent job in that um you know nice to see clancy brown an actor i've always enjoyed uh has a role in this and then olivia thurlby um who you know she's a character actress that's popped up in some stuff and then you know bruce dern plays joe kennedy the patriarch of the kennedy clan and you know it's it's a it's a tricky role because Joe Kennedy had had a stroke um, er earlier in the 60s and so it's mostly a non-verbal performance but you know it, it, it it's a well crafted movie but like I said it doesn't I never got a sense of how the filmmaker really felt it it, it, it felt a bit hollow and uh, I never it never I, I never fully grabbed on to the movie, um, you know, again, for those people who lived through these events, I don't know that it's going to add anything to what you think about, um, the Chappaquiddick incident. Um, I guess it's mainly for, you know, younger people who don't, didn't really know the, the story and wanted to wanted to get a clear idea of, of this event in American history. It's, you know, it is what, uh, prevented Senator Kennedy from running for president after, you know, his older brother, John F. Kennedy was president and his brother, Robert Kennedy, who would have run for president and many people felt would have won had he run, had he not been assassinated. Uh, so it was sort of, the, I don't know, to me, it seems like, you know, a, 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 another tragedy in a long line of tragedies for this family. I mean, you know, 
John F. Kennedy Jr., uh, JFK's son, died tragically in the 90s. So, you know, the family just has gone through a lot over the years. But, you know, also the way that they've handled themselves in behind the scenes uh, is certainly questionable to a lot of people. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's Maybe it's for people who question the Kennedys, maybe that's who it was made for, but you know, not necessarily a, an enjoyable film, but it was a, it was a, it was a well-made film. I would give it a five out of 10. It's, you know, all, uh, all honesty. It, it was very slow moving and I did see a late night performance and I did fall asleep for about 20 minutes of the movie. So that should tell you something about the pacing of the film. Uh, it is still playing in theaters as of uh, today, April 20th. Um, that surprises me that it's been playing this long. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I would say that I recommend it, but if you're interested in the Kennedys, it's certainly worth a watch. Um, seeing Jim Gaffigan and, and, and eh, seeing Jim Gaffigan and Ed Helms performing dramatic roles, certainly worth it. Uh, but other than that, that's, uh, that's what this movie's got going for it. And lastly, um, a movie that I was really excited to see, I got to see you were never really here last weekend. Um, Lynn Ramsey's new film, and it's her first film since, we need to talk about Kevin, which is a very dark film. And as is, you were never really here. Um, her films kind of remind me of Terrence Malick's work in a way that there's a lot of the narrative is not expressly shown. It's um, a lot of it is implied through body language, through music, through, you know, um, through visual aids. Um, it's so if you're not paying attention, it's easy to, to, to kind of get lost, but also the narrative of the story is kind of secondary to the characters. Um, in a nutshell, uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays a man who has had severe trauma as a child and it's not explicitly explained, but it is shown in flashbacks. Um, and subsequently is, you know, sort of an empty husk of a human, but he is particularly good at um, retrieving children that have been abducted, and he is uh, usually brutally violent slash and uh, en- ending the life of those who have abducted the children. He's He's a contract hitman, basically, but... Um, is just, that seems to be the only time where his life has any focus. Um, you know, he lives with his elderly mother, takes care of her. That's the only person that he really seems to have any connection with in the real world. Um, other than, you know, that and the, the children that he rescues, but, um, you know, and he, the crux of the story is he's going to rescue a politician's daughter who's been abducted and 
things go awry, to put it, put it mildly. And, um, yeah, it was excellent. It was a, it's a very dark film. It's a very brutal film. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, who, who's excellent in pretty much everything that he, I've seen him in, even films that are not great, gives another uh, fully committed performance in this, um, one of his best. And uh, it is certainly, this film is certainly not for everyone. Um, there's, you know, there there's not a lot of violence explicitly shown on screen, but the aftermath of violence is shown a lot. Most of the violence actually occurs off screen, which I think sort of adds to the brutal nature of the film because your mind does fill in what happened there. But there are some graphic shots of bodies that have been damaged and destroyed, which are, you know, have stayed with me days later. So it's certainly not for the faint of heart. Um, you know, if, if seeing children in, in danger, uh, is a, is a trigger for you as well. I would say steer clear of this. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's going to get a wide opening. I had to go see it or I, I went to go see it in Boston because it was playing down there. I don't know if it'll open in New Hampshire. Um, it's excellent. It's, you know, it's up there for one of the best films I've seen this year. Um, I was captivated the entire time. It was 90 minutes, a taut 90 minutes. Sometimes like you can't take your eyes off the screen. Sometimes it's unbearable, but, uh, excellent film. Uh, a little aside, I ran into an old high school friend of mine, uh, Walt Zink, who I had not seen in at least a decade, but it could have been more. We were trying to figure it out. He was in the screening. Um, it wasn't a hundred percent surprise because he had been mentioning on, uh, social media that he was hoping to catch it when it opened in Boston. And, you know, I, I saw it on a Sunday, but it was just kind of funny that in a huge city in Boston, uh, a couple days after it opened, he and I were like two of about 10 people in the theater. I didn't see him until the end and we ended up talking for about 20 minutes, but it was great to see him. Uh, another note, uh, today is April 20th. The, the band, a perfect circle just put out their new album, eat the elephant. It's their first album in 14 years. Uh, listened to it a couple times already and it's excellent. I know it's not film specific, but it's my podcast. And I thought, you know, because music is also a passion of mine, probably even bigger than movies. Um, from time to time, I'm going to talk about albums. I really like, it's very different than their past albums. It's a lot of it is, um, very orchestral piano based. Um, uh, it's less hard rock, heavy metal than their previous efforts. And, um, you know, it's uh, a, a lot of it, it. The lyrics are very political, not overtly, but clear. It's clear that, uh, you know, Maynard James Keenan is talking about a lot of stuff in the current political climate in this country. So, uh, I would highly recommend eat the elephant by a perfect circle as well. 
So that is it for this episode. Uh, got one, possibly two special episodes coming up soon. So check out for those. Uh, you know, stay tuned for those. And uh, thanks for listening.